The February 6 earthquakes have brought unimaginable destruction across 10 provinces in Turkey's south. Turkey's disaster management agency says that more than 350,000 apartments have been destroyed, leaving countless people homeless. Over 2 million people have left the quake-affected areas, with many relocating to other parts of the country. The areas where the quake struck are some of Turkey's most ethnically and culturally diverse regions. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has vowed to protect the historical identity and demographic structure of the country's southeast. Often referred to as the crossroads of civilizations, the city of Gaziantep and its surroundings have been a melting pot of cultures and are home to historical sites dating back thousands of years. President Erdogan added that the construction of 270,000 homes would begin in March with a goal to complete them within one year. The February 6 earthquakes killed more than 48,000 people in Turkey and Syria. Several powerful earthquakes have followed, including a 5-0 tremor that at Hatay on Thursday. And now to discuss the migration and changing demographics due to the quake. Joining me now from Ankara is Selin Unal. She is a spokesperson of the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees in Turkey. And from Oxford, UK, David Coleman. He is the Emeritus Professor of Demography at Oxford University. A warm welcome to you both, and thanks for joining me on Straight Talk. So, Selin, millions of people are homeless, both in Turkey and Syria, and Turkish President Erdogan pledged more than 200,000 houses to be built within a year. But until the new homes are built, where will many of these places stay for the next several months, and how will they endure the hardships, both physically and psychologically? Well, indeed, uh, the destruction we have seen is really uh, unprecedented that we have been witnessing since the first earthquake happened. And we see that thousands of homes destructed, uh, I mean, untold destruction in homes and infrastructure, heavily damaged buildings and so forth. So as you mentioned, tens of thousands are, of people are now homeless in Syria and also as well as in Turkey mainly. So we have seen that these people are willingly uh, to move to some other places. This is very normal from their perspective because of the psychological trauma that they're also in, uh, that they may feel like not safe or not uh, likely to go into the healthy damaged buildings. So we have seen like some over 2 million people, according to official statistics, have already moved to other places. But inside that region, there are also temporary accommodation centers, dormitories that are uh, managed now by the government, helping them to uh, have shelter. Plus, mm -hmm. there are tents, as you all know, and we as the UNHCR since the day one, trying to support this you know, shelter need and also other life-saving needs. And we have brought in close to 20,000 shelter and um, tents uh, to support shelter needs for the time being. So, David, uh, over 2 million people have reportedly left Kuwait-affected areas and relocated to other parts of Turkey. President uh, Erdogan vowed to make sure the country's southeast keeps its historic uh, demographic uh, structure. What will long-term effects the quake have on the region's demography? In the long term, I would guess uh, not very much which is not uh, uh, trying to downplay the horror and importance of this terrible disaster. Um, but uh, the resilience of populations is great, both demographic and psychological. Um, much depends, of course, on, on the speed of reconstruction. Um, but the, the cities which have been damaged um, are, are there because they, have, they are serving an important economic function. Um, and that economic function will presumably continue by, by virtue of 
their location, and people will wish to go back there, resume resume their lives, um, take up their jobs, make use of the opportunities which that particular area offers. Um, um, I'd be surprised if in the long run, as you ask, uh, the effect will, will be great. In the short run, it, it is, of course, is catastrophic. Catastrophic. And what would you suggest to uh, keep, the, keep the people employed and the region functioning? The region probably can't function for the time being because so much of the infrastructure will be destroyed. I don't know what the damage is, but presumably power lines are all cut. Um, electricity generation has ceased. Um, water mains are all fractured. Uh, sewage is, is probably non-existent non and, and possibly in a dangerous state. Um, uh, and uh, you have to get busy with, with the bulldozers and concrete mixes before you can do anything very much about getting people to go back there unless you want them to live in tents. Fortunately, uh, they must go to parts of the country where they can go to live. It's a little bit like the problem in Ukraine in a way. So, um, Sidin, uh, David said a grim but a very realistic picture. On the other hand, there are thousands of uh, Syrians uh, who lost their homes too. So where would they go? Would they go to the regime-controlled regions or um, they will come back to Turkey? And can Turkey afford more migration? Well, this region, you know, uh, has been hosting 1.74 million of refugees already before the earthquake. So, uh, as you also mentioned, for 12 years and actually longer than this, Turkish and Syrian people and also other people in need of protection living in Turkey in that region were living side by side, you know, sharing a lot of resources, children going to the same school. So they're also affected by the same way from this unfortunately strong earthquakes. Many, as you said, lost their lives and many wanted to go and visit their family members back in Syria because Syria has also Northwest Syria. Uh, seriously affected. That was already a complex humanitarian situation inside there. So following the earthquake, temporary returns to Syria were made possible for Syrian nationals registered and residing in the earthquake-affected provinces in Turkey. Uh, and they uh, can, who are who were residing in this affected uh, region, affected provinces, can stay there for up for a period of six months maximum while retaining their temporary protection beneficiary status back in Turkey. So they can come back. Some may likely to continue staying over there because they may need to uh, take care of the families, you know, left behind there and who are in need of support. Uh, some have already moved to other provinces and they have to inform yes. the prime. Uh, yeah, you know also about this. So, so this is the situation for the timing. But actually, we have uh, we cannot foresee now what's going to happen. But this is currently being uh, seen like it's very humanitarian situation going there for anyone affected. Anyone would have a, a big, you know, psychological trauma to find a place to be safe. Yes, uh, we have been seeing like you know children are under really heavy you know problems of this and panic attacks people are having. This fear of getting into a close place is something really much uh, you know uh, being uh, experienced those yes. people. So David, the everyone. international support has been pouring in Turkey since the twin earthquake struck uh, the country's south, but. Just lately, the European Union has agreed on tougher measures to reduce the number of irregular migrants, which is expected to dramatically rise uh, due to the earthquakes in both countries. Uh, what do you make of the European approach? Is this sustainable? And do you believe that this time uh, the EU has actually a roadmap? 
Well, surely um, the people in Turkey aren't going to want to leave Turkey as a consequence of, of, of the earthquake. Perhaps they will, but I hadn't heard that they would. It seems a, a not a natural thing to do, given that they must all have relatives in other parts of Turkey where they can go and live. Is there really a, a, a pressure for people to leave Turkey in order to go to European countries as a consequence of the earthquake? Um, you, you must tell me, because I don't know. You don't know. But, I mean, is there regimes, let's think about that from the uh, Syrian uh, perspective, is the regime's isolation from now on sustainable by the Western world, which is quite worried about an influx of migration? Oh, uh, you're, th you're thinking of Syria rather than Turkey. Uh, I, I see. Not um, only in Turkey, but from Syria as well, because Turkey is already hosting uh, over 3 million Syrians, and not only the Turks would like to leave the country, but many of the Syrians. Well, the, 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 the fact that the Turks would like to leave the country is, is new to me, um, and surprising in, in view of the fact they must all have relatives in the country. Syria is, is, a, is a very different matter, and there is pressure uh, to leave Syria anyway as a consequence of, uh, of the, uh, fi the fighting, the conflict still going on in parts of Syria, uh, and also because of the awkward position which many Syrians find themselves uh, under the Assad regime. Um, that's going to continue, uh, and um, uh, it'll continue w w almost whatever the European Union decides to do, because so much of the migration is 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 clandestine, and and uh, when people arrive in in a country claiming asylum, ra rather few are ever returned, and uh, it's uh, contrary to um, uh, uh, international agreements to. to to send people back to a war zone anyway, which, which is what you can regard Syria as being. All right, Celine and David, we'll have to leave it here. Thank you very much for joining me on Straight Talk.